Welcome back to episode 95 of Your Best Year Starts Here. And apparently, Nigel, you've got some awesome idea for this episode. Awesome, not awesome, just me being my normal self. Um, but it's my 23rd anniversary today, which is the 9th of September. Yep, that I have been speaking 23 years. 20 so 23 years, people are hearing me talk shit, crap, and whatever else, and they still keep rebooking me. Now, if apologies for the language, but I only found this out today because I was looking back on some stuff and I thought. I must have been going some time. So I've decided to celebrate with a crunchy. You could have sent me one. Well, no, I was going to send you a bar that said, thank you, because you are a brilliant partner, okay? And I was going to then say, you know what? You are bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. <laughs> That's what you are. Who needs all these fancy green screens? You know, you know your fancy chocolate cross. bars. I mean, seriously. Seriously. Yeah. But um, that is awesome. That's a massive, um, massive achievement. Twenty-three years, and congratulations on that. It's interesting, actually. You, you know, you, you realizing that that's twenty-three years today. There's a friend of mine that owns a restaurant local to where I am in Cheltenham, and um, he was clearing up his desk, which he said he almost never does. And in the process of clearing up his desk, he found a diary from fifteen years ago, and he thought, you know, what? I'm just going to flick through and see what I was doing. And the first part of the year. He was working in London um, as a like a solicitor or a lawyer or something, um, and he said it was all a bit boring. It was just normal like appointments scheduled in and whatever. And then he went to the day that he was looking at it, and he's like, "This is a bit different," because 15 years ago on that very day he'd opened a Chinese restaurant. Amazing. So and, it's, and it's it, was, it was just the timing of picking it up, you know. It's ironic timing. So about three or four days ago, my father is now thinking about moving. And I was going through some stuff, and he found my diary. We'll get ready for this. 1981, when I was playing professional tennis, and I was coaching. And in the diary note, it it, it had you're like this. It had seven o'clock teaching bus crew Dan 90. So at seven o'clock on a Tuesday evening, I would teach the whole bus crew of nine different buses tennis, and there'd be no buses in Tel Aviv between seven and eight o'clock. And it was just one of those funny moments to think the power you've got with someone says, we just want your services. Uh So it's 23 years since I did my first speech. And I wrote a little article on LinkedIn because Jenny Harneman, who used to work with the Institute of Sales and Marketing Management, if you remember them, oops, my camera just dropped, apologies. Uh, Jenny Harneman, I wrote to her saying, if you've ever got a slot for a speaker, uh, delighted to do something. And I sent that on the Monday, and on the Tuesday afternoon, she said, the speaker for tomorrow has pulled out. Could you do something? And I kind of <coughs> went, of course, because even 23 years ago, I think I was bullshitting. Mm-hmm. And the quote is, it's much better to be prepared and not have the opportunity than have the opportunity not be prepared. Absolutely. And, and so I just turned up, did my stuff, and the rest is history. But what's interesting is that I could easily not have done it. Mm-hmm. Three years later... And you may or may not remember, the Institute of Sales and Marketing Management used to have a big national sales conference at the ICC in Birmingham, where there'd be like 2,000 people. And I was the opening speaker with Chris Akabusi and Jeff Birch and Roy Shepard and Robin Seeger. It was very motivational. 
And the guy who introduced me was the chairman. And I said, do you remember three years ago when you introduced me? I said, that was my very first speech. And he nearly had a heart attack at that point. But it's interesting how everyone who's listening to this podcast are going to get lots of opportunities. And as Richard Branson says, you've nearly got to just say yes to everything and then work out how to do it than worry about being perfect. Now, I have a friend who says a phrase called done beats perfect. You know, I can't remember his name. He says <laughs> something like that. But the concept is, I don't think I've ever done a perfect speech 23 years on. I've done some phenomenal speeches, some brilliant speeches, and all the other words. I've done a few shite, by the way. But it's just interesting that when you commit to a cause and you put yourself out there, and that phrase is, you know, you have that dream, and then people will follow you and they'll show up. I realise that 23 years has gone like that. Mm. And the time will go anyway. So why are you waiting? So the question we should be asking all of our listeners is, when was the last time you did something for the first time? A bit deep, I know. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And so today I went into a studio to work in a speaker bureau's office to do a live presentation. Now, that's the first time I've been in a studio. So I've been at home like we are now, or I've been on stage, or I've been coaching. But I was actually in a studio with seven bright lights, I mean, in your face. Oh, it's a, it's a weird experience. I mean, I've done like the home shopping channel and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, um, it's an, it, the bit that's interesting is the stuff that people don't see, right? And I know we were talking a little bit before we were recording this and you were saying about some of the stuff happened to you, but you like when you're on the home shopping channel, you've got somebody in your ear. You got a little thing in your ear that they're telling you stuff about, you know, how many calls are coming in for certain you know, versions of the product and all of this kind of stuff. You've got screens in front of you telling you, like, you need to know all of that stuff whilst you're presenting to camera, and it looks like the only thing you're focused on is the camera. It is the weirdest environment ever. But anyone watching a show like that, you know, and I've done a few other little like TV bits. Anyone watching a show like that has no idea of what's going on in the background. Like so I had zero. a friend who worked, who was a, a producer at QVC, and I went in to train some presenters. And what's amazing is, you know, you've got 17 left of Q in R and red and a three size, which is being fed in, and you can see the phones ringing. It's yes. quite incredible. And your job is to, to, to continue your composure with all those different sounds. What was interesting this morning, and I only found this out later, was that I was presenting standing up. And that's the first time I have stood up in six months to present. Well, that was a quite a weird scenario. And they were very kind. They put one of those soft cushions down on your feet. But you still end up focusing to your right, which is what I realized I do on stage. So I had to keep going that way or <laughs> this way, which was quite interesting. Whereas when you're on Zoom like this, you're straight on. So for everyone who's listening, and I go back to this, recognize it doesn't have to be perfect but it does have to be great. And Greg Searle, an Olympic rower, he had a great line. He said, make sure your worst is better than everyone else's best. And I don't think today's performance today, in my opinion, was the best I've ever done. But it's certainly better than a lot of other people's. Mm -hmm. So my client was delighted. My bureau was happy. I hope I'll be rebooked. But at the time, it didn't. it felt a little bit disjointed. A bit like sometimes when I turn up and I haven't quite got a subject, but you're so professional with your setup, even though we were going to do it on Skype because it's a better sound quality, then I couldn't, I couldn't remember my password. And that about sums up for me that I was excited to do this stuff. 
But if you've got passion, and I think we said this a couple of weeks ago, you know, my my uh, fetish for PVC, you know, this passion, vision and commitment is so big for me that I can get away with it because I'm so passionate on stage. Mm. I'm now learning to be passionate on Zoom. It, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You said about being like you know, making your worst better than some other people's best kind of thing. I... I've actually made a conscious kind of decision in my life to stop comparing myself to other people. So I work more on, did I do it to the best of my ability today? Like I might learn something tomorrow that means I can do it even better. And then I go, actually, that was a bit crap because you can now do it way better. But did I do it to the best of my ability in the moment that I was doing it? And if I did, that's good enough. You know, there's, um, there's a friend oh, of mine. Great, Oh, sorry, I was say, there's a friend of mine stateside who he tells a story about um, when he was a kid doing a, a job for his dad. And his dad basically, when he came in, he said, dad, I'm done. He's like, okay, are you proud of it? He's like, hey, he said, are you proud of the job you've done? Because if you're proud of the job you've done, I'll pay you when you're done. And he said, okay, I'll be back. <laughs> and he went out and he did a bit more of, I can't remember if it was washing a car or doing something in the garden or whatever. But then he eventually came back in and said, okay, dad, now I am done. I'm proud of the job I've done. And he said, okay, and he gave him the money. And he's like, are you not going to check it? He said, no, if you're proud of it, it's good enough. So that quote I said about make sure you're worse than everyone's best, Greg Searle was talking about his Olympic trials. And when they were doing their practice runs, you know, if their time was three minutes, 48 seconds, but that was still better than everyone's best. Didn't matter how bad it was. It's just got to be better than everyone sure. else's. So for me, my passion and energy gets me through. But it's still strange when I think 23 years, and it's interesting, when you love what you do, time flies. And if you don't enjoy what you do, two years and three months will seem like 23 years. Yeah. So it's a yeah, bit like I'm, us I'm, doing this podcast. I'm, I'm guessing you don't have a video from that first presentation. No, I don't. But I can still remember the Brentwood Holiday Inn, where I was, who was there, and I didn't have a book at the time. So I printed out the Marianne Williamson poem, Our Deepest Fear is Not That We Are Inadequate, mm -hmm. Our Deepest We Are Powerful Beyond Belief. And I put it in a frame and gave that out as a prize. I mean, I can't believe I gave out a frame of someone else's <laughs> poem because I didn't have a book. But I knew you had to reward people for doing a great job. So I even knew that then. And I still remember my very first testimonial, which I've still kept, which says, something about energy and passion. When I look back, I had it then. I've just refined it a bit. There'll yeah. be people listening going, you haven't refined it at all. But well, I, think, I mean, the, the, the point I was going to make is it would be interesting. I mean, I'd love to have seen it if you did have a video, but I think it'd be more interesting for you to watch it and go, am I embarrassed by this? Because well, no, I, I wouldn't be because embarrassed. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of of a view that if you wait until you do something well enough that you're not embarrassed about it later, you wait too long. It's well, like, you know, I found get the started notes. and then figure it out. I found the notes. I, I, you're going to find this hard to believe because you, you've seen my office. I tidied some of my office and I found the notes of my very first session, which was the 10 steps to success. It How doesn't surprise me that they're still there because the piles in your office, I reckon there's stuff from like, you know, 1973 buried underneath it somewhere. There might well be. I'm not prepared to go that low. <laughs> it can't be that far because we've only been in the house 29 years. But the, po the point was I used to run a program called the 10 Steps to Success. And then after two brain aneurysms, I couldn't remember all 10. So it became the four steps to success and I added value. But I just remember seeing some of the notes 
And some of the same phrases I use, and there are some I, I have no idea what step eight was. I had to, I thought, really? Because it was all about affirmations. <coughs> I didn't think I ever spoke about affirmations, but I did. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting how I've left that out of my speech for a very long time. So everyone who's listening to this, what you used to say and believed might still be true. You've just developed. Yep. So I wonder what we've let go of and what we've shared and what we now not dismiss. Because affirmations, I still believe, are really important. I think if you wake up with an affirmation about what your intentions are, it's great. I just don't go there. The same as I don't often do the hunt process and I don't do an arrow in someone's neck, I've developed. But I still do the money and I still do the thumbs and I still do this and, you know, all the other stuff. It's interesting. So I don't know what our timings are for this episode. But um. I don't know where we are against the clock either. We've got about two minutes left, I think, ish. But I, but I wonder what you know. I should be getting a double testimonial, you know, for this twenty-three years. But I still love it as much as I did the first day, and I think that's a testament in a way that I still. I, 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 I would agree. You know, I, um, I was talking to somebody a couple of days ago about a DJ that I've followed since probably eighty-six, eighty-seven, right, um, and. Everyone I know that's met him is like, he's the most down to earth. I mean, he's known worldwide. I'm not going to name and shame. Um, but everyone that's met him is like, he's the most down to earth, normal guy that you'd think was just your mate's mate. You know, there's like, there's that level of, and but he openly says, you know, I haven't worked. I've been doing something I love doing since I was a teenager. I've never, ever had to actually work in my life. You know, I have fun. If you love your job, it was like you never worked for a day. I can't remember. You probably know the phrase. But I can't, yeah. I, I know the one you're on about. I can't remember the exact words. But for me, the point I think is more it's how do you position that thing in your own head? You know, because if you tell yourself this is going to be hard work, it probably will be. Whereas if you go, actually, I'm going to go and have some fun today, you probably will do. And it's that difference of how you approach something and how you ultimately end up feeling about it. You know, we all have things in our lives that are more difficult to deal with. But if we tell ourselves they're going to be really difficult, they're much more likely to feel really difficult. Whereas if we look for, you know, some way to enjoy the things that aren't even necessarily fun, they feel, and it's, it's a clear, it's the Mary Poppins line, isn't it? You know, in every, in every job that is, that there is to be done, there is an element of fun. You know, there so is I telling myself then that technology is fun. Is that what you'd like me to tell myself? Maybe, maybe you just got to find the right one that actually works for you. You know, that's it. Okay. So whilst we get to the end of this episode, I'm going to keep thinking about that while you play some music and do an outro. But <laughs> it's not fun at all. It, it isn't. <laughs> well, that's us up to time. So normal thing, you know, if you haven't left us a review yet, why not? Um, we like five-star reviews. That's part of the fun for us in doing this. Um, and also, if you get value from our podcast, share it with other people. You know, get that message out. You know, help us to get that message out there to more people so we get more people tuned in. And we will see you next week for episode 96 of Your Best Year Starts It. Your best year starts right here.